This episode of Arcuspeak is sponsored by RCAT, and RCAT knows we're all very busy, right? We're, I'm busy. You guys are busy, right? Busy. We're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode, actually. And so, since we're all so busy, and sometimes it feels like we could use another hand to help out, I know I could use some of those. Well, would you like someone to help draw CAD details for you? Actually, I do have somebody to do that for me. <laughs> and how about creating BIM objects? That too. Write specifications? I need somebody to do that. And how about if this quote-unquote assistant would do all this work for free? Now that is where it really gets good. RCAT is your answer, and RCAT has already done all of this work for you. You can search the RCAT libraries for CAD, BIM, specs, catalogs, videos, lots more. All this content created for you, free of charge, and you don't even have to register to get it. What? So stop registering on sites for content. Just come to RCAT and find out what you need. Because RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional. To find out building product information fast and hassle-free, check out RCAT today at ARCAT.com and ring in the new year with new you at RCAT.com. Welcome to Archispeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 132 of the Archispeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. He's gone. He's in there. There goes Cormac Phelan. <laughs> <laughs> you there? Hello. Are you back, sir? No. <laughs> Where he he did the intro. I said my name, and then like your your bubble disappeared <laughs> from Skype, <laughs> like right on cue. <laughs> Want to try that again? Let's do it. And I'm Cormac Phelan here. Let's patch it all together. Uh, all right 132 welcome to episode 132 of the arca speak podcast i'm neil pan i'm evan troxel and i'm cormac phelan hey hey, cormac how's that uh what what are they calling this thing the bomb cyclone how's that bomb cyclone working out dude it's the bomb how was it working out yesterday well, when we were supposed to be recording, and uh, yes. <laughs> I had no power because of high winds, and um, it was really, really cold. Yeah, that part. No, yeah, it was great. It's not cold there. It's going to be cold in New Hampshire. Oh, my Lord. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> update so, us. Update us, because I'm sitting here in a t-shirt and shorts. So, if you were in New Hampshire right now, according to the New York Times uh, pop-up that I just received... There is going to be wind chills of up to negative 100. Not a typo, negative 100 degrees. That is no copyright infringement um, intended for Mr. Marin's show. What the... (laughs) Yeah, seriously. It means negative 100 Uh. So so when this kind of thing happens, is there like a get out of town, everybody just, just go somewhere else, or is it everybody hunker down and uh, stay? People probably sit around, it's like, what are y'all bitching about? I sur- we gotta, gotta have something to sell t-shirts. Exactly. I, I survived. I survived my <laughs> eyes freezing open. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I mean, and here I'm complaining because our wind chills are... You know, like the negative teens. Uh, this morning we woke up and it was like negative nine. And um, we had a, a late start for the kids and, and all that other stuff. Um, and people were like, ha ha, negative nine. That's nothing. I have <laughs> I have a negative 100. Jeez. I'll see your negative 100 and raise you. Yeah. Well, we've had an unusually warm winter so far, so I feel like it's got to swing the other direction sometime soon. Because it's it's been in the 70s, I mean, during the 80s during the day. It's still really warm, unusually warm for this time of year here. 
and it's you there uh, uh, nothing there you, you know the the weather is just really wacky it's very unusual i mean i've got family and friends from florida who are posting you know in this is florida when normally um you have like maybe a light jacket or something in the evening time and that's to signify winter you know it's winter mm-hmm. when people are still wearing shorts but maybe they switch to a closed-toed shoe and, you know, they have a jacket on. No, people are, like, bundling up because it's 25 degrees. And yeah, that's pretty cold. Yeah. You know, and this is Florida. And I don't know if you guys have looked at a map, but there's wind coming <laughs> off, of the, uh, off of the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean that uh, probably doesn't help anything. So to all my friends in Florida, stay strong. To all my friends in <laughs> in uh, New Hampshire, dude, seriously, go to Florida. <laughs> it may be twenty. Move. It may be twenty five, but at least you're going to be in a heat wave in comparison to what you're in. Yeah, geez, come visit us over here in California. Yeah. So, what's it been like uh, coming back to work this week for you guys? Oh man, you 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 know the drill. We don't want to talk about that, do we? <laughs> tons and tons of emails and just, you know, uh, we submitted an early, as you know, we said in the last show, submitted an early release package that was in for permitting. So we're starting to get our first rounds of permit comments, um, you know, starting to get comments back from uh, contractors that are going out for early bidding packages and things like that. And, uh, it was, uh, it's fun and excitement because, uh, there's just, you always say, I've got to get away. I've got to get away. I've got to at least have some break, but you know, when you come back that you're going to be hit with Avalanche, so much yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of information overload, right? It's one of those things where you're just processing tons and tons of information you're you're filing it you're you're responding to it you're saving some for later you're putting it all in the right place and that just takes a long time there's so much information that you've got to wrangle nowadays i think that's one of the big burdens of you know you feel busy but you're not doing anything uh and i think that that's a real can you you can't hear me hello yeah yeah I can having hear a, you. Having an issue with Skype tonight. Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. It's gonna... Well, I, I mean, I was just saying that I feel like wrangling information has become a real burden. There's just so much stuff to to figure out what to do with it that you feel busy, but you're not really accomplishing anything. Right, right. Although, you know, to amplify or assist shall i say in the me uh unburying myself from all the emails and all the requests of information and everything else you know you got the uh obligatory hey let's have a three four or five hour conference call yeah yeah like well that'll help me get on you know out from under all of this stuff (laughs) so i hope you're able to do that well on speakerphone multitask (laughs) Are you good at multitasking? Uh, thankfully, I've got a headset on, and every one of us are on mute until we have to say something. And, you know, there's that little tape delay of, like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, sorry, I was on mute. And <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Our <laughs> conference calls just always a total nightmare. They they it, totally it are. There's just not it, – it's yes. like you're talking on walkie-talkies that are out of range. It's so terrible. And and I, I think the same thing about, like, cell phone in, in general, it's just it's just not reliable at all. Conference calls are terrible. Well, the great thing about our conference calls, and I gr- say great, you know, facetiously, of course, is the fact that you know these are whether they're Skype or GoTo meetings or whatever web, you know, WebEx meetings, and sure enough, half the people can't see things. You're talking, trying to use visual aids, and they're like, it's not loading. Wait, yeah. hold on. 
I see a spinning wheel. Wait, people who wait. are muted are the ones who should be talking. Yeah. People who need to mute are the ones with all the background noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always you hear that there's there's lots of cluelessness you, going on you, you, with you hear with stuff. You hear people you hear people who apparently are either sitting <laughs> next to like the you know, because I know where a lot of the people that I'm having conver- you know, conference calls with are sitting because I've been in the room with them before. And I know they've got like, you know, that little like phone base in the mm-hmm. middle of the uh, the thing. And But all you can hear is this. <laughs> and you're just like, what are, are I mean, someone needs to mute? Yeah. It's just like, what is all of that going on? Why, why is that yeah. noise? Like, can you, it's like, and and then there's that one person, <sighs> mouth breather. <laughs> He's just like, uh, whoever's breathing really loud, can you please put your phone on mute? No, no, you're not it. Wow. Keep muting. No. Somebody will get. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 that's it. Thank goodness. And then that's the person that you actually want to talk about. Like, dang it. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there because uh, this this doesn't work. Somebody save us from this. Yeah, in here here all the while we're having um, what most people may not know right now is we're all on Skype, different locations. As you at least that part you probably do know, but we're having all sorts of interesting technical difficulties with uh, weather related things or just Skype related things and yeah, internet connection stuff. It's uh, been been interesting. Yeah, we we joke because we know, right? Like every time we open Skype, it sets different audio settings up. We have different inputs, different outputs. It doesn't ever remember anything you did the last time. So yeah, some, sometimes it sometimes it forgets that you have a microphone plugged in and you want to use that microphone, but it decides to use the built-in computer microphone. And you don't notice until it, an hour you, later, or you don't notice it until the episode <laughs> comes out. And all I'm thinking to myself is. What the hell's wrong with my audio? <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I, I solved the being buried part of coming back from vacation. Just delete? Delete all? No, I actually worked the last two days of the year. <laughs> Shameful, <laughs> Neil. So Shameful. I came back, and I was I was caught up. So it was, it was you nice. You feel good about that? Um, I don't know. I feel good that I, at least I could come in to work on Tuesday, first day of the of the year, first work day of the year, and I've actually was, do some work. Well, I, at least I was caught up, right? I, I wasn't like unbared to having to spend a half a day or a day trying to catch up on the five hundred emails that came yeah. in came in between Christmas and New Year's or something like that. I don't know. That's maybe not the best way to do it, but. It also gave us a chance when things were a little bit slow to clean up our area, get can kind of get organized and Ooh. get set for the oncoming onslaught. Yeah. Right. Get ready to mess it up again. That is 2018. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 2018 onslaught. And you know, it's funny. Sharknado. I was impressed with the volume of emails that I had coming from people who all said, and had out of office replies set on theirs, but yet they didn't seem like they were out of office because I was getting hit with all sorts of stuff. And, um, you know, so it was just kind of interesting. It's like, wait, you're not even supposed to be in the office this week. And I've got 20 emails from you and neither are you or you or you. So I don't bother to set out of office. Forget it. If I'm not there, I'm not going to reply. You don't need to know. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah it's a courtesy yeah we do it we do it as a courtesy and uh it I, just means don't expect much i i said it because for once i actually won't be checking email that's good so so what'd you do did you turn off notifications did you turn off the app what'd you do um i just turned off i mean i don't have notifications you just for checking. emails so yeah, me either i only have the and i only have manual push for the email so like i actually have to go into the app for it to check emails and thankfully i rarely went into the app which was good 
other than to find, you know, where was, I, I know I have a discount uh, email from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Where is that? Because mm. that's where I went. One of yeah. many places. Yeah, you guys had a busy trip, so did we. Yeah, it seemed like everywhere we drove, it just kept kept getting colder and colder <laughs> and colder. Yeah, I thought I kind of made out a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame building in that photo. It was tough, though. It was like one of those 3D pictures you got to stare at and cross your eyes, and then it pops out at you. It was it was so funny, too, because here I am. I, I drop you know, my wife and kids off at the front door, and I'm like, well, I, I think I see some parking down there. You know, some of their parking lots were closed because they were all snowed over. And so I drove and drove. And if anybody's familiar with the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Then a little bit more towards, I'm assuming the West is the, uh, some science center and then the, um, Bengal stadium or not Bengal stadium, Brown stadium, whatever it's Ohio. Sorry. Go sports. And, um, and anyway, so, and I just kept getting closer and closer to the stadium. I'm like, it's snowing harder and harder. And I've got to walk through all of this to go and get them, you know, or at least to go into it. And I'm wearing a black jacket that was white by the time I got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, got to tell you, I had a blast. Great installations. All of the music kind of bring you back to those periods of time when you you know first heard it and all that other stuff. And that's what I really loved about it. But to me, the architecture didn't really hold up. It's uh it seems very dated. Um and uh it, it just it cuz it was, you know, it's got this triangular glass facade, but the triangular glass was supported by really heavy structural, you know, steel tubing. But it was just very heavy and oversized and, you know, going through exercises where I was doing very similar things and trying to find the right mixture of strength and uh, you know, like vibration resistance and all these other things and keep it as small as possible. I was just thinking to myself, I mean, these like unnecessarily large elements, Hmm. but who am I? Yeah. I'm not paying. You're not the architect of that building. No. So was that what was that the uh the highlight of the trip there or where was it? Highlight of the trip was the uh Christmas story house. Come on. Oh really? Man. Heck yeah. <laughs> My kids got to go have have either of you seen the movie? No. 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 Wow. Oh, okay. We need, should we stop right now? No, and I'm I'm hanging up on you guys. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway. The Christmas Story movie, for those who've actually seen it, um, will know that there's, you know, a couple of, like, really cool scenes where he's got to, like, wash his mouth out with soap or at least, you know, bite down on soap. And so they literally actually have, for those people, um, the they have uh, a bar of soap out for you to be that one person what? on the tour to put a bar of soap in your mouth and... Dare I say, it was my son. Of course it was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look in the show notes, because uh, you'll have a picture of my son with a bar of soap in his mouth. Normally doesn't need to, but I'm sure he probably did something to deserve soap in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was the highlight. That's a big. That's a big trip that you did there. I'm. I'm looking on the map right now just to kind of see how far you drove. It was a, a long way. Yeah, it was. It was actually fun. It was just a lot of. Um, you know, it was just we we decided we we had a, initially had a, a trip planned for Maine, and I was reading something where they're like, well, we average, uh, you know, like three to four feet of snow during this period of time. I'm like, eh. My truck's not ready for that. My my truck didn't seem ready for the trip that I took, but um, apparently Maine was a little bit cold or a little bit warmer than where I was at because it went from, you know, like the teens where we were at to the 
single digits in Pittsburgh and then the single digits to the negative digits in um, Cleveland and then the double negative digits in Detroit. When we wake up in normal air temperature, not wind chill, but normal air temperature is 8 to 12 below and then wind chill is like 20 below and you're like, Mm-mm, nah, see, I'm just going to stay inside. Oh, man. My blood's, well, don't, my blood's thinned. Don't, don't look at my, my Instagram feed cause it's all sun and palm oh, trees. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. It's mostly palm trees. And I think, <laughs> well, me personally, I, was out in palm Springs, so. I actually think you were doing that on purpose. <laughs> of course. It felt rather hurtful. <laughs> and it was meant that way. It's very rude. Yeah, it was. In fact, I believe that that was probably one of the most uh, commented words on your um, thing was rude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not always like this, but when it is, man, I relish it. Yeah, that it had to be an awesome though. And honestly, it's it's only out of pure jealousy. Well, jealous. we we had a great time, and I I can't believe the weather that we've had. I mean, I've never seen so many people out in the desert either. But um, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was just hard getting out there. Um, we did a bunch of really cool stuff, and we went to slot canyons, and we went we went to these two places on the Salton Sea called Salvation Mountain and East Jesus. East and, Jesus, uh, yeah, and <laughs> and uh, I mean they're kind of like you know, desert cultural art installation places. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Oh, really interesting. I saw that. Defi- yeah, definitely worth, worth if you're ever out in the area. I know that what a bunch of people had commented on my, on my posts on Instagram that, you know, these are, these are on my list. I got to go there. I, I, you know, they're, they're definitely worth seeing and experiencing. So that was cool. We went out to this old, uh, old pioneer town, and we went to Joshua Tree and hung out, and we saw a bunch of found actually found a bunch of petroglyphs out there that we on a hike we'd never been on, and so it's just we had a great time. And uh, then we came back New Year's Eve, and, and then I drove back out to Joshua Tree the next day to go climbing. So we just been very busy out in the desert and and enjoying the weather while we can because I'm sure it won't stay like this for long. But it's been great. It was a fantastic trip. So check out my Instagram if you want to see the photos from. From our little getaway there. It was fun. Other than uh, working the last two days, what'd you do, Neil? Uh, I'd rather not say what I did the other two days. <laughs> oh, it's kind yeah. of personal. <laughs> wow. It's something nobody really needs to know about. So we'll skip that part and move on to how's the beginning of 2018 going for you? Wait, hold on. Oh, man. Turn your head and cough. <coughs> No, no, wasn't wasn't that one? Wasn't that one? We don't need to we don't need to talk about that. Okay, we, oh, we can man. move on. Really, you had to bring that up. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. I honestly completely forgot. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's not one of those things you hang on to. Yeah, no, not at all. No. I well, I started. Uh, I started class today. I mean, it, that was a Professor a, a Troxel. Rush. Yeah, a rush all at the at the end of you know this week, just getting everything prepped for the first week of class. And so, explain to us your syllabus. Oh man, yeah, there's a bunch of parts in the syllabus that nobody cares about. <laughs> just skip over those, and go to the important stuff. But uh, it was well, it was what interesting. You What's your class? Uh, same, yeah, same thing as last time. It's it's uh, emerging technology and architecture and. Uh, digital tools, things like that. So we, we cover, we talked about this. I can't remember the episode number. Maybe look it up and, and throw it in the show notes, but um, it's similar. It's, it's a lecture class and it's all of the, it's, it's kind of interesting that there are jobs in architecture that didn't exist even three years ago. Like what? And, oh, there's so many Sorry, things with, <laughs> with like technology, reality evangelist. capture, photogrammetry uh oh, yeah. there's so wait, much wait, coding wait, and wait, scripting wait. going on now photo what photogrammetry oh. you don't know what that is no neil <laughs> neil come on looks like you need to go back to school i probably a, you know what 
into a, you know, I, into a I've real gotten more shit than you most people. All right, know, all right, right, Cormac. So, so what? What, what is, is it? it? <laughs> into go to a real Cal Poly. Oh, shut the hell up! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So photogrammetry is when uh, basically in this in this context, it's a bunch of photos taken by drones for aerial survey kind of stuff, and then it, they use the photos to basically oh create a model create a model oh, from okay. photos yeah it creates a that. point cloud by comparing different uh, images to each other and they can measure distance off of it so it's yeah. and then you get a lot of side benefits from it too i mean it's pretty amazing what what can what what you can pull from these we're these actually doing now. that in our office actually you right. guys have your own drone and your mm-hmm. guys are doing it that's cool yep. you guys are doing that that's cool we yeah, actually- so th- so that's one of those jobs, right? That I didn't, didn't know exist. that was what it was called. So that's, that's the all. process. Yeah, that's that process. Ah, uh, okay. I learned something new. Yeah. So I mean that that's one of the things. I mean, but that's that's just a really good example of of work that in our field that did not exist. You know, five now, years ago. Now, are you going to be taking students out and trying to do things like that? We actually, or... I I have a guy come in and we fly the drone and we do it right there on the spot. So the students, we just walk outside the classroom and we go, (laughs) it's it's really fun. Um, So that's one example. We're we're doing uh, VR. Lots of, lots of new stuff has happened in the last year, even in, in VR with multi-person meeting in the model, uh, stuff like that. Um, Lots of advances with, with the software. Um, Not so much the hardware. I mean, none of the headsets have really been updated, but uh, they're really pushing the software and pushing the interactivity with VR. So. That's kind of cool. Um, we're going to do digital fabrication. So straight to the, you know, models straight to fabrication. So no drawings needed. You just build right off the model. Um, so, so lots of topics like that where you could find something you're really passionate about or interested in and instantly be valuable to a firm if you have those kinds of technical skills. And all enabled through technology. So it's it's really kind of eye-opening, I think, because when we all went to school, and even now, it, especially at, at, at this school, everybody's trained to be a designer or at least understand how to think and solve problems like a designer. And and there's basically designers, and we know that there's going to be project managers, but, but what we don't really focus on is all the other things that you could do um, and, and so my class is just really focusing in on what you can do through technology, let alone all the other jobs that are out there in our field that that could be had if anybody, if you're aware of it and if you have a, a passion for a certain niche within the field. So today was the first day of class for me, and it's just once a, once a week. But um, next year, everything gets kind of turned over on its head because they're moving into the semester system. I've been uh, on cool. quarters forever, so um, that's going to yeah. change everything. I remember when that happened for us, and uh, it was uh, it was an interesting change because um, it seemed like more work and less time, even though there was more time. But you, they basically tried to jam two quarters worth of work in one semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've taught on the semester system before at the local community college, and. I felt like I had way more time than I needed. I almost didn't know what to do with us because it was so different than the quarter system. Yeah. And I taught in the quarter system for 10 years and I always felt like I'm <laughs> always rushed. holding my breath, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, you're just preparing, 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 preparing. And then all of a sudden it's over. And in the semester system, it was so different than that. I really felt like we had the time to learn things and go over things in class. Um, so it, it just depends on, it just depends on the class, I'm sure. But it also, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the design classes handle the the shift. So because you- everything in our field is deadline driven, and I don't, you know, so maybe maybe they will do what you're saying and, and cram more projects into one one class. It, it's a, it's either that or you know pace them a little bit differently so that, you know, you can get different aspects of the project. And maybe it is something that you start to do like integrated design where, you know, maybe like for these design classes that you actually are designing something and implementing say VR or something like that as part of the assignment. 
Some of the neat things I've seen them do, they, they actually uh, engage with the structural engineering students and they, they have a, a design good. studio where they design a bridge and then they have to build part of it. And the, uh, the structural engineers do all the calcs and they actually have to build it and, and prove that it'll stand before they, they build it. It's pretty neat. Um, there's some other neat little cohorts that are, that are created between different disciplines. We, we did uh, that a pretty, lot. We we had a lot of uh, cross, um, I guess, cross pollination between both uh, structural as well as our uh, construction management program. Yeah, and so you know, like our concrete, we would actually do concrete projects where we would go to a local. Um, I I remember actually building retaining walls and bending and tying rebar for like days, and uh, and then helping build the formwork for all of this stuff and. And those were always fun, but you know, hell, I remember, I remember the bridge, our bridge project, where we had to design it and then just see how many bricks it would hold up before it crushed and whoever held yeah. more bricks. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done that too. Uh, love those. Those are fun. There's I also think. one where the students have like to, that. they have to design a skyscraper and then they have to design it so that it becomes a model rocket and they go launch them out into the fields <laughs> after the at the very last day of class. Is, which is kind of cool. Is this um, being taught by Professor Optimus Prime? <laughs> it, it's a it's a race car enthusiast and uh, he, our structures professor. So pretty cool. And uh, there's another class where they're doing um, Mars shelters, and it's a it's a fourth year, fifth year studio collaboration. So that'll be interesting. And they're actually going to build a part of it full scale. So some some design build going on. See, be I, pretty fun. I see some practical applications for that. With uh, you know, if you're doing something like that, something that needs to be collapsible and and um, reconfigurable and everything else and durable, that yeah. could also translate to um, you know, like FEMA type shelters or you know, emergency shelters and things like that. So that yes. that, would be, that that would be an interesting like you know. At, at the end, you know, this is what you can really do with this thing. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're designing it for the extreme, but then you're also can design it for the practical. And so one of the studios is really focusing on the structure and the other, the fifth year studio is going to be working on the deployment of the structure. So ro- robotics, Arduino type stuff and, and kind of programming that so that it kind of self builds i don't know we'll see what happens we'll see it's pretty ambitious so That's, we'll see what that happens sounds pretty damn cool actually yeah yeah and and then the, probably the most practical one that i heard which is kind of cool this is actually a, a two-quarter class so it'll take these last two quarters where one quarter they do kind of schematic design level of the project and then the next quarter they they keep working on the same project and take it through dd so that's kind of a nice thing to have in your portfolio at the it end is. of yeah. At the end of the year, so that I think those are third year students. So by the end of third year, when they're going out and looking for an internship, um, they're going to have a really good piece to show there that they can actually be valuable to a firm right away. That's cool. So, That's yeah. good. Because there is obviously you've heard my soapbox speeches countless thousands of times, but you know that gap between uh, education and the profession. Things like that, and really even just like a lot of the different um, classes that you've talked about, and even your class, are ways to start bridging those gaps. And, yeah. you know, having kids come out of school with a lot of this valuable, you know, cutting-edge technology, kind of some, you know, first-hand experience with it to help, you know, you were talking about being a value to the firm, you know, having them come in and be able to, like, right out of the bat start showing people their value by showing them how to use VR or showing how to use Mm -hmm. um, all of this different equipment that is really the next, the next iteration of architecture. Yeah. So stop avoiding it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's been my week. I mean, it's just been kind of a a furious week rush to the to the week i'm kind of glad it's over though (laughs) so looking forward to the weekend here for sure i still gotta take down the christmas tree take down the christmas lights i got i got 
put in a dishwasher. Like like I I texted you guys today. <laughs> I had to clean the drain out at the kitchen. Just I had to go rent a a, a snake at like a big one, you know, a big power. Oh, it's just terrible. Just I, home ownership. Ugh. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. Oh man. So yeah, doing doing some minor remodeling in the kitchen, and the sink backs up like once a year because our house is seventy years old. So it's just one of those things that just never stops, and you end up spending your weekend doing stuff that you really don't want to do. So. Hey, so I got so, a yeah. question for you guys. So as we head into 2018, does your, now Evan, I know you've talked a little bit about this. Maybe you guys did this at the end of last year. Cormac, I don't know if your firm, if you've talked about this before, but um, any sort of strategic planning for the year, is it it's something you guys, your offices have done or something? I, I'm curious what our listeners do too, like if they're solo or if they work in a firm, do, do they do any sort of strategic planning for 2018 or the year ahead, whatever year it might be, and what that process is? I'm just kind of curious what, what your guys' experience is first. Uh, I can't really speak to the process because I'm not part of it um, yet, but um, we do every year um, – and and I don't know if it starts as early as the beginning of the fourth quarter, um, but we start doing our um, you know business planning and strategic planning for the next co- for the coming year uh, at the end of the year. And there's been a lot of a lot of scurrying around, um, and then you know more on more at my level, you know, we're just strategic planning for projects and staffing them and and things like that, but. Now, I mean, yeah, we're, they are, uh, going pretty crazy. And so I think the fruits of all those labors, uh, will be coming in and we're going to be talking about those in our upcoming, which is next week, actually, uh, office meeting where we usually go over the business plan and, um, everything else, uh, for the coming year, kind Mm -hmm. of talk about what all the projects are on the horizon, and uh, how everybody can get involved with business development and things like that. Mm. So, yeah, we uh, we get actively involved. With, or, I mean, just the the firm has been a scurry. Yeah, our our firm has been actively pursuing strategic planning for the last year, and and it's really through twenty twenty. So it's more mm-hmm. than just the one year uh, thing. And a lot of the things that I kind of went through last episode are based on goals that are identified within that strategic plan because I'm directly tied into the technology goal for our strategic plan. There's, we have like seven different goals um, and they're all very ambitious. Lots of people working on lots of different things to move the company forward. And so the technology one is it, obviously very specific to technology, but we're, we're, we've got a lot of R&D going on. We, we're working on a lot of innovative stuff, a lot of design technology stuff, um, the tech conferences that I've talked about before. Um, there's, there's just a lot of moving parts. And then there's a lot of coordination between the different ones. So kind of like what Cormac was saying, it's it's moving kind of furiously along. And it's just one of those things where when projects come in and and people get busy on that, this stuff, it, it's hard to balance all that, I think. And so because because everybody wants to do a good job at everything. So it's it's just one of those things that requires a lot of focus, a lot of balance, um, and just clear goals. Because if you don't have that, that clarity, it's really hard to to figure out where you're going, right? So I, I'm kind of looking at the, the giant planner document that we have right now, and it, it's there's so many things. Um and what's nice is you get to see what everybody's working on in there if you're if you're a part of the team. So it, there's a lot of transparency going on there because if if you don't do that, then you can't find those different synergies or collaborations that could happen to help everybody else accomplish their goal. If you're already working on something that has similar ties or or whatever, so I mean I can't can't go too detailed into it, but it was it's just one of those things that yeah, it's it's a huge focus, and I think just in my own research that I've been doing regarding technology. I mean, if, if you're not actively pursuing what's next, 
uh, you, you're going to be obsolete. And I keep reading that over and over again. If, if you're not a company who's embraced technology, if you're not spending money on R&D and innovation, uh, in this AEC realm, I mean, companies typically spend about 1% of their revenue on R&D, which is nothing. And, and we are construction, the whole AEC industry as a whole with construction as the main focus uh, is one of the least innovative fields in the whole workforce that's out there. Uh, and, and you can see all the construction waste. You can see how the projects take forever and there's big change orders and there's all these, there's all of this stuff that could be innovated on. And, and I think that's why you see some tech companies like Google trying to get in on this. I mean, I've, I've read story after story about they're trying to make inroads into this field because they see so much raw potential to innovate here mm-hmm. um, that that I think it's going to put a lot of architects out of business because these other tech companies are going to come in and eat their lunch because they're going to be able to, they've done it. They've done huge projects with lots of people and they've got lots of money to throw behind it. Um, and, and architects in general, I think are so, uh, you know, they're just, they're always really hesitant. I mean, we get hit so hard when, a, when a recession comes that, it takes a long time for us to recover and it takes us a long time to start spending money on this kind of thing. And then all of a sudden another one hits and those are the first things to get thrown off the table. Right. Um, because we got to just, we just got to make the baseline. We just got to make things work. We just have to power through this. So I think, uh, it's, it's a tough cycle for us to be in. Um, and it's a tough cycle for us to break because of the way we think and the way we approach this stuff. Um, we get really hurt in recessions, and it takes us a long time to recover. And these other companies just keep plowing through and plowing ahead, and they've got lots of investment money. Um, so they're willing to take more risks than we are. So something we really have to watch out for. And so I, I, I'm really happy with with the progress that's being made within our company to take strategic planning seriously. It's a it's a very interesting topic. Uh, too much. Now, hey, no, so on top, on, on that, Mm-hmm. Are people assigned uh, re- say responsibilities to yeah. champion it? That That's a good word, champion it. Totally, yeah. It wouldn't happen if you didn't have... I mean, we've talked about goals in the past. Like, if you don't have a, a deadline, a budget, and a mm-hmm. person responsible, it's not going to happen, right? Right, right. So, yeah, you've got to, as far as I'm concerned, you have to do that. So, yeah, I'm looking right now at this, at this giant... Um, sheet and there's somebody's name attached to every single goal yeah yeah i mean there's a enormous matrix within the firm and even if you aren't necessarily working within um you know the forecasting and planning of all of that your name is it's it's attached to some goal that you're going to be a part of whether it's you know project specific or something um with business development or something like that but overall yeah we've got like a slew of management you know type uh people who have worked their way into management um positions and are you know the ones who are basically kind of spearheading all of these things yeah and i would say that usually the people who are have their name attached to these goals are not actually responsible for doing the work but they're just responsible for making it happen so typically, they might not even be the right person for that type of job, but they're the mm-hmm. ones who have the clout or the seniority or whatever it is, um, the position to go out, find the right people, and then make sure that it actually happens, and then right, right, and then re- report back. So um, you can't you can't make it too big of a group, otherwise yeah. it gets un- unwieldy, right? So and you never so you got to just done. Yeah, you got to keep that chain of command, I guess, just because you've you've got to be able to manage that process, and and less heads are better than than more heads in that in that regard. But yeah, Neil, I mean, if you don't have a name on it, I don't see how it could be a thing, right? If if nobody's willing to take responsibility to make it happen, then I don't see how it has any chance. Right, right. Well, the reason I bring up that subject is in a couple of weeks we'll be I'm been invited to participate in our company-wide, somewhat company-wide sort of strategic planning day. And I'm, this is kind of, I believe, 
I participated in something like this many years ago when I was with the firm. And uh, this time, it, I think it's a little bit different the, just because of the way this firm is structured these days compared to how it was 15 years ago. And so I, I'm looking forward to it. I, so I was just curious if your firms are, I, I figured they, they kind of did something like this, but uh, I think most larger firms have to do something like this. And then I think for our listeners that may not be part of big firms, may have just a small firm, um, I you know encourage them to write us or tweet us and, and let us know kind of what, what their method or procedure that they go about to do that. Because I think it's something that, especially in a smaller firm, you're so caught up and probably trying to just get the jobs done that you're not really, you're just trying to keep up. And so it's really hard to do that R and D or to think ahead about how do I improve my, either my processes or how do I improve my business development and and what do I need to do to be better? Right. Or what sort of strategic plan am I going to grow this year? Am I going to hire somebody and what do I need to do to support that? And so, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm curious what our listeners, uh, what they do when, uh, for this process. Yeah. I mean, take, take the arc architecture 2030 challenge for an example, right? If, I don't know if you guys as firms have signed up to. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're going to design net zero buildings by every building that you do by 2030 is going to be net zero. Is that right? I, it's, yeah, it's, that's it. That's, that's yeah. So how are you going to get there, right? If, if you're busy just making sure the jobs are happening and I mean, you've got to have that strategic plan to create, create the ramp that gets you to 2030, right? 2030 is not, not far away. It's 12 years away. Right. And, and, and and how many net zero buildings are you doing right now? Right. To, to be at a hundred percent in 12 years. I mean, we already know how long these projects take to do, right? Yeah. A lot of the projects that we do take three to five years. So that's only about three cycles of projects to get to that point. If you're looking at that size of a project, but you've, the, the other kind of catch 22 part of this is if you get to that point and you don't have net zero buildings under your belt, no one will hire you to do their project because you don't have any experience doing those. Right. right. The, the firms that well, do have the experience doing those are going to have a much better chance at getting those projects. Well, so it, it's it's an interesting it's a, that that's just an example of the kind of strategic planning, you know, and on for for one different one one specific topic. Well, you know, I mean, in not to get into the weeds of like, you know, 2030 challenge and um, but, you know, you also have as part of that challenge is not only to change the thinking within the firm and do that incremental, and this should have started, you know, 12 years ago or whenever the 2030 challenge started, is to really start to aggressively start how, think about how you design your buildings and how you are going to ramp up, as you were saying, to to get to that net zero. I mean, that's a challenge just within itself to talk about how the firm yeah. itself is going to do it. You got to retool. But, I mean, there's so well, many gotta, things, but <laughs> but you also have to retool your clients. Yeah, you know because you're you know these clients don't understand why they would want to pay extra money for a net zero building, and it really is your responsibility to do that. A lot of times they are trying to get every square foot or every level of finish or whatever out of their established budget, and when you're telling them, well, you can't do that because you need to do this. And they're like, well, why do we need to do this? Because that's, you know, far, that's performing far more than, you know, our other buildings or, you know, we've never done this before. We don't understand how to maintain it or things like that. You know, there are those mm-hmm. levels of challenges that you've got to get as well. And so it's, it's interesting. And, and like I said, I don't want to get into the weeds of this cause it's a topic all in itself, but um, it's, You've you've got two levels of education that you need to do, your staff, your firm, and your clients, and yep. it's uh, it, it's it's been it's been posing a challenge because it's it's something that we are actively doing. Um, you know, we have sustainability director, you know, within our firm that 
helps basically keep all projects kind of on, on target. You know, we shoot for, you know, whether it's a lead certified or things like that, but then what we're trying to do is do better than that. And, you know, there's the whole different strategy for, for what we're trying to do. And it's, um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting challenge. So that, that, that might be something we talk about later on. Yeah, and isn't it even Neil? I think in California, it's going to push us to have all that for new commercial construction by twenty twenty. I believe no, it's twenty thirty for commercial construction. I'm just looking this up actually because I was okay, going to mention Thank it. Thank you. Is I sound that really stupid right now? <laughs> no, no. In <laughs> California, it's all commercial construction by twenty thirty net zero, and by twenty twenty, it's all residential. Oh, new right. residential per, construction new, net yeah. zero by 2020 per that's, code. That's two yes. years from now per and that, code, and, that, and that's that's beautiful. And see, that's actually what code needs to be doing is pushing things like that, so you don't have to, you know, educate. Although <laughs> yeah, no, you just uh, you still say, have to educate. Here's the rules. Well, yeah. you have to, you know, and and that's actually you know an interesting thing is you know we were we were having this discussion with one of our clients and. We were talking to them about, well, they were they were asking about uh, lighting control and daylighting and, and all of this other stuff, and they were asking why we were doing it. And current code actually requires the level that we were going after, mm-hmm. which was something that was you know not necessarily stuff that they've done in the past. Right. And and you know and we had to go through this whole you know spiel to tell them about it, and they you know they were willing and accepting. But they just needed to know that this is the way things are going and happening. And I think states, um, both, you know, at the state level and the national level, I really think that we need to get really Johnny on the spot for all of these adoptions of these uh, different ASHRAE requirements and things like that to really boost it to net zero. I think, you know, if any, and it's this isn't a political thing. But if any politician wants to start talking about energy independence for the U.S., we need to move forward with this stuff. And it needs to be mandatory. And it sounds like it's this whole, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're telling us what to do and you're, um, you're yes. making things. You're putting, you're putting all of this stuff on. It's more constraining for the contractor. You know, it, yeah, it, it might be, but it's better. Yeah. It's just better. So Well, it's it's where Sorry, we, jump we, off of my soapbox. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I mean for yeah, I I agree with you there. But that's our that's the goal here in California and actually Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was governor here pushed this through actually probably more than 10 years ago now. And so And that's it's, great. Yeah, it's been a long-term goal and it was certainly an ambitious goal and it's been each code cycle has been tightening the screws a little bit more and I think it's great. So we'll, I, I we'll have some links actually to the California energy efficiency strategic plan, uh, zero net energy and the zero net energy for homes in California. I'll put some links in there if people want to read up about how California's the, you know, action plans are being put into place and, and, and such. So if people want to read up on it and, and I mean, these are things you can do anywhere. You don't have to just do them here in California. And I'm sure oh. we could be schooled by other countries on doing it even oh. better. So yeah, okay. So let us know. Let me let me ask, let me ask this real quick question though. So uh, California is pushing where it's going to basically be a code mandate for residential by 2020 and commercial by 2030 to be net zero. Mm-hmm. Do you guys even pursue like? lead certifications for things. I mean, no, isn't that sort of, I was going to say, it isn't that sort of client. I should redundant no. though. I mean, no, well, people like that, like that trophy. They like that badge. They like to show it off. It be, it's a, it's something to talk about and brag about and market. Right. And, it, all and, that I, stuff. and, and I don't want to sound anti lead or anything, but I, I honestly think that there's going to be a point in time when lead should go away because everything that we do for lead should just be a no-brainer. Should just be standard practice. Should be right. best yeah, practices. But, but it's it's different but stuff. I, it's but I, it is. It, it takes is. a lot more and into I, account. I, I shouldn't say more, but different things into account. I mean, it's it's 
It's taking transportation into account. It's taking right, right, uh, right. well-being into account. I mean, it, it's more than the things that – I shouldn't say more. It's different things than it, what it, zero it net is. energy is. Yeah. Well, they, and there it's is, different there is from, well, from well-building as well. I mean, it's – From well – yeah. They're all different. Um, and so it, it, I think it really depends on what the client's into, what, they, what they're after. A lot of times we see clients who want to pursue – the lead checklist, but they don't want to actually pay for the the commissioning and for the certification. Right, right, right. So, and that, so they and want to know an that interesting debate. They want to know that they've achieved it, but they don't want to spend the money. Somehow. Right, I see yeah. that as well. Yeah, and in in a lot of times, people who do go for the certification, they are looking as either a way to have that badge to say, you know, look at us. Our company is a you know a green. Uh, a green company, we're sustainable. Mm-hmm. We believe in that sort of things, and so we wear it on our sleeves, literally. Oh. And then other, and then others use it as a marketing tool. Well, our um, firm actually, the building that they bought when they renovated it, I think we achieved lead silver or something on it. Yeah, and, and absolutely, we we market that. It's yeah. like, yep, we not only uh, do we believe in it, we, we you know we eat our own dog food, our yeah. own building you know, reaches this level. And and we know how to do that, and so we sure absolutely we we market we, it. We eat our own dog food. <laughs> Isn't that? The I don't same? think I've I don't think I've ever heard that saying yeah, before. I've heard that. You've never heard that before? Yeah, totally. Eat, eat your own. We dog drink. Food. How about drink your own Kool Aid? There you go. Drink your own Kool Aid. Yeah, okay. That, okay, that that's another one. that that I know. All right, I'm gonna find this. I'm gonna put a link in the show notes. So, I California I, colloquialisms. <laughs> yeah get on the 10 look there it is wikipedia <laughs> eat your own dog oh. food there will be a link in the show notes oh, for it if it's on wikipedia it's got to be true no yeah. he said he said wikipedia wiki <laughs> wiki wiki so so one thing that just to kind of riff on that for a second is is that i definitely noticed a trend a few years ago of less and less people pursuing lead but i have to say recently We've been completing a lot of lead projects and not just like lead silver because it's, I think in California, every building you do now is basically lead silver. But if you, it, a lot of golds and, a, and a, quite a few platinums. And, and so people are going all the way through with it and, and it's a big deal when, when they do. And I, it's something that we kind of celebrate because yeah, and we it should. is all in this pursuit uh, for, for the better environment. And I think that. It's just interesting to kind of watch the the trend graph change over time. I mean, there's there's definitely been a lot of interest lately, and I would say, you know, it didn't seem like that, at least in my perception, a, a few years ago. It felt like a lot of clients were saying, and maybe it's just kind of a uh, effect of the re- recession. You know, when there's when there's less money to go around, people don't spend it on that kind of stuff. But it really depends on the values of the of the client. But lately, I think just because you know, the, the economy is good. I think more people maybe are pursuing it. So interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah. So all back, all back to that strategic planning. I mean, I don't know how you, how you move the needle if you don't plan. So Neil, it'll be interesting to kind of hear what, what that's like for you guys. And um, yeah, I look forward to participating this year. It's I, a good way to spend a lot of burn, a lot of hours, man, I have to say. <laughs> so very, I mean, true. That, that's the hard part, right? Is that everybody's sure. already doing a lot of work and, and to pile all that stuff on that r- is really important for the future of the company. Uh, and, and to create that vision for where things are going and, and what you stand for and why, why you do what you do and, and to be relevant in the future. Those are all important things. Um, but they're probably not as important as doing the work you have. So, so just figuring out ways to balance that is is super key, and and creating a level of importance on it, and making people accountable for it, so that it actually happens is is a trick. I mean, it's one of those things I think is really tough, and and everybody's kind of got to be on the same page. You have to have the same mindset because if you don't, I mean, there's going to be people most likely who are going to be like, ah, you know that that's that's BS. I I just need to do this. So anyway, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you, what you get out of it. Report back maybe in the next episode or the one after that, we'll, we'll we'll touch on it again. It will revisit it as, as they say. Yeah. 
Cool. So, all right. Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, hey, let's kick off 2018 and wrap this episode up. First one of 2018. Consider it kicked. Sounds good. Consider and, hey, it wrapped. Wrapped? Well, we can't wrap yet put a until, bow we, on it. until we thank oh, the people right. that uh, help make this possible. And that person, no, it's not a person. It's company. We want to thank our episode sponsor, RCAT, and remind you to check out all the features they offer over at ARCAT.com, including, and I want to throw out a mention of their new Revit BIM plugin. So go check that out over at RCAT.com and thank them for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. And do you want more ArcaSpeak? Of course you do. Visit ArcaSpeakPodcast.com where you'll find links to our catalog of episodes. And while there, make sure to sign up to receive our show announcements so you can get all the cool links that we were talking about and learn about net zero and all that stuff. And to find out when the episode goes live with links to everything we mentioned on the show and stay in contact between episodes on our Facebook page is feeling kind of lonely over there. People give us some love and don't forget about the hashtag ask Arcuspeak. throw that out there and uh, we'll try and answer your questions for you. You can find links to everything at arcuspeakpodcast.com. And remember to tell a friend, stay subscribed and have a good 2018, everybody. And thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. But that's it. I joined the choir to sing. They're all competing for some other thing. I joined the choir to sing. I joined the choir to sing. Thing. <laughs>